G'day guys and welcome to Talking Luft. Last week on the podcast, I spoke with Jonathan Waters, my boss, about managing a team. A really interesting episode. Head over to the Cycling Podcast if you haven't heard that episode. I'm sure you're going to find out something you didn't know. I certainly did. I wasn't able to get him for Talking Luft, unfortunately, but this week I've got something better. Lachlan Morton. If you haven't heard of him already, I'm pretty sure you would have because he is the alternate king and also an awesome road racer too. He does everything awesome. So sit back and enjoy this one because we're talking a little bit of Luft today. back at another Talking Luft and I wish you guys could see us because we're both lufting very well in Life in the Peloton Caps. Lockie, what do you think? Yeah, they're good. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a definite upgrade from my current <laughs> situation. <laughs> it's, it's sky high. <laughs> I actually was looking through some photos for this and when you had the big mop, you got epic luft. Yeah, because it just kind of sits on top. At that yeah. point, it's not even on your head at all. It's like a purely sign-in job. You know, like it's just like like flip it right on the top and just let it sit. Randomly, like when you look back at those old photos, that's sort of what some guys did and it stayed on when they were like riding it like 50 Yeah, I've, I've been watching like a lot of old um, cycling races during lockdown and yeah, like the ability to keep the cap on. It's like, I feel like there was probably some insider tips. knowledge. Yeah. Like yeah. they were like, I don't know, little hairpins they glued or something. They it on and stuff, yeah. <laughs> because there's some situation, like even like, like Ulrich in the time trial when he would do it backwards, but still with the, the loof, but he's probably doing like 65k an hour, you know? At least. Yeah. And I love the, the theory, like back then, the back of the, the cap, well, from what I understood, was it had to be more down. Aero. It was more aero. <laughs> yeah. Like that. the fact that they wore it as an aero piece, but <laughs> still with loft. Like, it was so ridiculous. Wouldn't a head be faster? Yeah. Think shaved so. head. Yeah. Like, of course. Well, I guess shaved head's probably extreme the day before you've got hair and you're like, all right, TT tomorrow, let's shave it down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. Let's start. Right. Talking loft, caps. We're just talking about them. How do you wear yours? Um... I'm very like situational, like sign on. I'm definitely like forwards, uh, usually like front down. Mm. Um, I prefer like, like plenty of luft. Yeah. Um, but that's just kind of like the show. Mm. Like if I'm actually wearing it for a race, um, you got, like I've got to have it tight on the head. And the only time I really wear it in a race is if it's raining. It's impossible to wear, have luft under a helmet. Yeah. It's if you like, do try and do that, it sort of crimples up. Obviously, the loof gets squashed. Yeah. But I, I wore a cap um, for all of GB Duro as like a functional thing. And I found myself like flipping the front like a bunch to mm. like w- with the sun or, you know, if I needed like a bit more light in there or when something. Would the, when would the brim go up? Um, just if I was like, if I needed like a bit more sun action. In your you know, eyes? Yeah, just like oh. because of like, I don't know, who keeping weird hours. Like mm. occasionally you want a bit more light in there. Mm. Um, but then when I was younger, I used to ride a bit without a helmet. And then I would just change it around. 
Like I sort of kind of get halfway through the ride and flip it back, like you know, like game time sort yeah. of thing. Um, That's what I was going to say. Was it with the brim? Because I could imagine for me it would be like relaxed game, you know, brim up, and it was like, all right, brim down. Let's let's get into this. This yeah. is going to be gnarly. This next section. And then when it gets fast, you flip it all the way around. Would you do that in Giro? Giro? Uh, take the helmet off, stop on the <laughs> no, side no. of the road, flip the this helmet off. Yeah. No, no <laughs> Whoever's wearing the cap under the helmet backwards <laughs> needs to ask himself a few <laughs> questions. <I reckon>. Thank you. <laughs> Brim down ha- behind, backwards. Brim behind the helmet. You just, at that point, you just really want to wear a hat. Don't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's really all right. That's the next question. If you could have raced in the era, you've already sort of alluded to it. Racing the era with no helmets, how would you have done it? I think cap for starters, um, and then maybe like depending on how my hair is. Like if I had long hair, I think I would ditch the cap Mm. like towards the end and let the locks flow. Mm. Um, But if it was short hair, I'd just do cap backwards. What about climbing? Climbing probably uh, nothing. Mm, what about the like, drippage, sweat drippage? Sweat drippage? I don't know, just embrace it at that yeah. point. Like, I don't think you're going to get more sweat drippage than you do with a helmet. <laughs> and, also, I mean? and, and also a cap, it's a bit of an illusion that the cap's going to suck in all this moisture because it <laughs> takes like about four minutes <laughs> before it's dripping from the brim. Yeah. Have you ever warmed, up, warmed up in one? Yeah. So, yeah. And they're also hot. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they're hotter than not wearing one. <laughs> cool. So, yeah. All right, moving on from caps, what's your favourite race? Favourite race? Um... This is a tough one, but I think, like, if I could imagine, like, a really good day that involves doing a race, it's probably three peaks, mm. cyclocross. Wow. Um, Gone alternate. Yeah, because, like, it's such an amazing atmosphere and it's early in the morning, mm. so you have that, like, early start, kind of feels like you're a junior again. What time does it start? I think it kicks off, like, around eight, um, maybe even earlier. And it's only a three-hour race, but the course is just, like, ridiculous. Mm. You know, like, it, you can only ride it for that one day of the year. Mm. And there's a whole bunch of running. You have to ride a cyclocross bike, which is just, like, when you see the course, it's questionable. stupid, stupid yeah. to be on a cyclocross bike. Yeah, right. um, but everyone's so into it and treating it, like, not like a party. It's not like when you go to, like single speed cyclocross or something in the states where you know like everyone's naked and like it's music's a pumping and yeah, stuff it's like it's it's deadly serious even though the whole thing's ridiculous yeah right but then it's like wrapped up kind of early then you have this like cycle club style presentation in the oh, car yeah. park and then like like wooden box podium exactly oh. and there's like a there's like a trophy for everyone man like you sit you stand there for like two hours and, like, <laughs> and then they give you like the little envelope with the prize money oh. and then there's like a pub right next to it so then everyone goes to the pub and is it 12 o'clock by then just. yeah it's just like early afternoon so you have this like first pub session then you have like that wave of tiredness then you go and have a pub meal afterwards wow and it's just like it's a really good day and it's impossible to do that race without having like 10 different oh shit moments and stories you know so like everyone you catch up with has got something to talk about hmm. um so yeah i think like as a day out that's probably hard to beat nice i like it all right. What's your favorite drink? What's your poison? Um, it's a tough one. I mean, 
I like a cold beer. Mm. <laughs> um, but I'm kind of, for me, that's like a real, when I'm in Australia thing, you know, like a cold mm. beer on draft. Mm. Um, pub beer. Pub beer. Like, and it's kind of specific to that. Um, because if I was somewhere, and like it, there, like I just wanted to be like a, like a Carlton draft or something. Or two like, or a Reshers. Exactly. Just something like, you know, easy to drink. But then if I'm in the States, I'd rather just have like an IPA or something. Hmm. I don't know. Um, what about in yeah. Spain? Spain? Um, I like the Spanish beers in summer. Hmm. But otherwise, like maybe... What, like, like a, a Caña? Yeah, yeah. Like a Caña or just like, like an Estrella. Estrella yeah. Out of the can when it's cold. Oh, yeah, nice. Um, even towards the end of a ride, like if you're in the last hour or something, like a cold Estrella and then like chase it with a Coke. So you kind of like... Oh, wow. Ride that double wave home. <laughs> oh, yeah, nice. <laughs> um, but then otherwise, like a vermouth here, I think. Oh. Like if you're just going for like a little drink in the afternoon or something. Yeah, or like right. before dinner. How do you have it? Just like the... The dark one, straight. Yeah, straight. on ice. On ice. Yeah, mm, nice. Because yeah. they have th- that weird little pump thing sometimes. I don't sure what that's for. Yeah, and they, well, I think that puts gas in it. No, oh, it's uh. like acid, like <laughs> gas water. I don't actually they drink any. Look vermouth. at me like an absolute savage when I just sit down. I'm just like, yep. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just drink it straight. Yeah, yeah. Because I think you're supposed to have it with like you soda, maybe. Right, you pump the soda in. I think so. I don't drink I don't vermouth, know. so someone's gonna know. But I think they do their own sort of boutique vermouths here. Yeah, there's yeah. like a bunch of different types. And there's little places you can go to where they just have the... Um, and you pay by the litre. Ah. And so like you fill up a little thing. And, and bring then, it home. Yeah, bring or it Or drink home. it there. <laughs> drink, it there. <laughs> drink it on the way Oh, you home. mean at the bodegas and stuff? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they yeah. make like their home I guess home it's like brew. a home brew. Yeah. But I would only drink that here. Mm. It wouldn't feel right to like... Be in Oz and sit down. And go and into a, a bottle shop and get a bottle <laughs> no, of and move. That's not the same. <laughs> no. All right, back to riding. Crosswinds or mountains? Mountains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about hardest or favourite training session? Um, I think if it's... I've got two. Um, I really love the group motor pace. And that's not specific to anywhere. I like going out with like three, maximum four people and you're all going out for like a hard day. Death session. Death session, but then it kind of, like everyone's a bit rested and fresh for it. And so then it ends up in just kind of like a race. Last man standing type thing. Yeah, Yeah. even like the tickle, the team tickle, like that sort of vibe where you're like chopping off, like kind of racing with your mates, but it's just fun. Yeah, and it stops before it gets like stupid. Yeah, and it's like a really, you always get a really hard day, but you feel mentally like more fresh at the end. Yeah. Because you kind of go into it like a little bit like dreading it. And then you just get in there and you're like, oh, this is fun. Yeah, and whether if you had to go and do that on your own, that's a horrible day. I would never do it. Yeah. Um, But then otherwise, I think like specifically in Boulder, I like to like go on either the mountain bike or gravel bike and do like a big long climb up to the mountains. It's always pretty straightforward, like a bit of gravel, a bit of road. And that's kind of like you've got an hour and a half and you kind of go hard, Mm. you know, like all sort of threshold, like just fresh, get into it. And then you get to the like 3,000 metres and then you can't really breathe anymore. (laughs) So then you get onto like single track and trails, um, like up above Netherland there. And what, just ride the plateau up there? Yeah, and just do the trails. And that's like, it's actually a really good 
work out because you're kind of like working on all these trails but you don't realise because you're having yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, and then you get tired and like go into Netherland, have some lunch and then just shoot down the canyon or like down Magnolia or something. It's do you all go down, down the trail home. or do you go down on the road? Yeah, sometimes I'll go um, some trails and there's a few like I know really well. Um, so if I'm fresh, I'll do that. Yeah. But then if I'm really tired, I won't trust myself. I know I've been there. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I'm just, no, yeah, I'm not good enough. <laughs> All right. When you stop out training, well, sorry, I missed a question here. Training or racing, what do you prefer? Um, training. Because I really love racing. Um, and if it was just the racing, like just that four or five hours, probably racing, but there's so much that goes into racing, especially at a world tour level, you know, you've got like the travel, the preparation, the team selection, you know, there's a whole bunch of things that go into it. So it always feels like there's so much ring roll around like one ride. Mm. Um, but then you get in the race and I love it. But even just the hotel time and stuff, like I just like training because you just wake up and I don't have much of a plan. Like I don't have a coach nowadays, so I just kind of get up and decide what I'm going to do and then go do it. So um, it's almost like when you ride to a criterium and race, it's like the best scenario. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Which is why like, you know, like two and under is nice for that mm. reason. You just kind of turn up a few days before and then you get to get stuck into like a world tour race. Yeah. You know, whereas for us, we have to live basically to race. Yeah, that's a good Um, call. I never thought of it like that. So, but like, there's nothing that beats, you can't get the same feeling from racing in training. No. And I've definitely missed that having not like raced this past six months or whatever. Did Um, you think you would have missed it? Not really. Yeah, Um, I didn't think so either. But it's just that feeling of like, I was so excited like once the race started and I did Lombardia a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And just to get back into it with the speed, like being in the bunch, having a job to do, you know, like mm. radio in the year um, and like with a plan, like going out there and trying to execute something. Mm. Um, you can't get that outside of, you know, a world tour race, I don't think. No, you can't. Yeah. No. All right. When you go out riding, do you stop for coffee? Yeah. What do you get? Um, what sort of coffee? Nah, well, you can tell me that too. It dep- again, it's, it depends where I am. Here, I always do a bock. Yep. Stop uh, for a bocadillo. Yeah. yeah. Stop for a bocadillo. What do you um, get? I usually do the tortilla. Nice. And that's an omelette for anyone classic. out there. Yeah. Yeah. Just it's real classic here. Um, and it's simple, but it just like it always does the job. Mm. Um, and then I'll do like a. I've actually. The coffee stops out riding here. Like sometimes it's pretty hard mm. to do the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so I've just been switching to Coke more. So yeah. like a Bock and a Coke, uh, especially in summer. Yeah. And like then I'm good. Um, but back home, I like to do, I like to do the ride where you stop for breakfast. Where's back home? The US or Oz. Australia? Okay, Oz. yeah. So like, because you always leave early. Yeah. So sometimes you don't even have breakfast, right? Yeah. Wake up, have a brew at home. Going. And then get going and then do the stop like two or three hours in and do like a proper breakfast. Oh, nice. I've actually never done that. Yeah, I do that like a lot when I'm back home. Mm. So, yeah, you know, get like scrambled eggs on toast. Or just you just something. switch the, the brew stop ride to like 
you know, four hours earlier or three hours earlier. Don't yeah, you? Kind yeah. Of, yeah, and then you've got like, you know, after that you're either done or you go and do it a few more hours. And yeah, uh, but yeah, that's kind of. But I'm always, um, I prefer savory on the stop. Yeah, I don't know. Then like just jumping into like a whole bunch of croissants and stuff. Yeah, because yeah. otherwise, it, and let, like if I'm gonna go for something sweet, I'll just do like the servo. Yeah. You know, and like a lot of the time, if I'm doing like a big solo mission, I don't shy away from the servo no. stop. You know, servo stop's not underrated. Yeah, back on the servo stop, I was just hearing you before. What I've I've sort of embraced this year is the summer servo stop, and I still want to have a coffee, so I get the the shaker like a shakerado. Yeah, like a shaker <laughs> coffee. You yeah. know, like it's a little yeah. like Starbucks make them on. Yeah. Nest Cafe or whatever, and you shake them up. They're super sweet. Yeah. You get it. You get like a sugar rush and a coffee hit. Yeah, and they're beautiful. Yeah, and it's not like that much worse than the con leche you're gonna get down the road. It's better. Yeah. It's way better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next question. Coffee. What do you, what, what what coffee do you drink? Like, what do you start um, the day with? What sort of coffees are you? And I'm like, this is a probably a controversial one. Mm. At home, I'm probably fifty percent. Instant, I know. In I can't, I forgot about that. Yeah, like purely convenience reasons. Like I did it once. I think it was when I first moved to Europe, and you know when you first get here, and you're like, oh, I need to make sure I've got coffee in the morning. And so I had instant, and then I was just like, well, this pretty much simplifies things. Hmm. Um, needs a lot of milk, <laughs> you know. Because like, so start the day instant with milk. Great, that's a great yeah. start. Then where do you go from there? Uh, if I go to a cafe, I generally just get an espresso. Oh, right. Um, with the exception, again, when I'm in Australia, I pretty much always get a coffee with milk because it's done really well. Mm. And I know I'll miss it when I, when I don't. What about in the US? US? Sometimes I just do the house brew. Yeah. I quite like, like that. I think that's the best way to go majority of places in America. Big batch brew. Yeah, big, big batch brew. And sometimes like a little bit of half and half, but generally just black. Nice. Do you like to train with a group or alone? Um, alone more so. Mm. Um, just because it's hard to find people who want to do the sort of rides I do. Mm. Um, if you could have someone that would just be up for what you're up to. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, but I always get to a point when I need my alone time. Yeah. Um, so I did like the last two weeks, for example, I was training with guys every day. And then I just had to go hermit for like three days now mm. just because I'm like blown That's out enough, on, yeah. on people um, but if I'm doing hard road training I prefer a group yeah. like we said like like going on the tickle or getting a group of guys together to like go and do a hard ride because yeah. it's for me it's so much like I can't do intervals yeah just because I'm like I did them since I was like 10 <laughs> you know what I mean and like I'm just blown out on intervals and there's only so many roads you can ride yeah whereas the trails it's always sort of it's trails exciting. is changing that like um, I love doing that by myself because I'll like if I'm with someone um, I tend to show people like my completed loops mm. and then when I'm by myself I'm constantly trying to add to them mm. um, and you know sometimes that means you end up walking like through the bush for like half an hour which um, most people don't want to do and on your own you don't care and yeah, you're, exactly. on your own you're just like well it's fine like yeah. it kind of sucks but I, I, it's just me no, it's if you're with someone you're like they're like come on man <laughs> I'm trying to train <laughs> well tell me tell me then what's your favourite training route um oof. uh there's a really good one here actually 
Um, where is it? From Girona. And you're basically on the mountain bike. Um, you end up... It's like a Rupert Loop on the mountain bike. Right. Um, and you end up walking a tiny bit up towards Elfar. Oh, and right. So, so do you actually go... So you leave Girona, you go to where? You Olo? leave Girona and you kind of cut along past um, St. Gregory there. Yeah. And then there's like trails that run along there. Um, I'm so horrible with the names. All the here. way up towards Les Planes? Exactly. From yeah. Les Planes, you cut across and go straight up. Do you go on that trail the whole way that runs next to the road? Yeah. And then oh, you, yeah. there's like another steep one. So you go straight ahead of the Les Planes climb? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Past yeah. The, the font there, like the fountain and place. Like up yeah. on the left there. And yeah, you great. end up doing a big climb, really steep descent. And then cross over up towards El Far. Mm-hmm. And there it's super steep. And there's like, I don't know, K you probably have to walk. Because um, it's too steep. It's, too, it's just a hiking trail. Okay. Um, and then from there, you ride the the cliff cool. all the way across to Rupert. Yep. And then you can cut down through the forest um, and shoot you back down the same descent. And you sort of loop back around the other side. But um, it's sort of... I think I really like it because it's like... Um, I've probably got better mountain bike loops than that and, and just road loops in... Colorado or even Oz but I think here it feels like a real escape mm. and because it's so much so much of it you're just skirting like the normal road loops mm. um, but it's like this whole undiscovered sort of world that like exists just there um, no one knows about no, it yeah. yeah no one knows about it and I didn't have anyone show it to me I kind of just slowly discovered it and pieced this big loop together cool um, and it's always one of those rides no one wants to do yeah. Because here it's like someone's like, oh, yeah, we'll go on the mountain bike. And they're like, oh, it's a recovery day. And then they do an hour and a half. And you're like, that's oh, how long is that? Six oh, hours. Man. Yeah. It's like, nah, closer to eight, probably. Yeah, if, you right. do it, if you do it properly. Yeah, right. Like with all the little trimmings, <laughs> it's closer <laughs> to eight. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> all right. What, when you get back, and I was thinking about this before, I thought maybe like after GV Duro or even after Colorado Trail, what is your cheat meal like your go-to celebration food like after you've done something big like that and you're just like i need this um i think it's probably a big steak oh um like a a big big. (laughs) solo (laughs) solo (laughs) yeah big big one kega yeah no um just like a proper barbecue oh yeah and so i'm at the moment i'm thinking like when i'm back in colorado we have a big barbecue out the back and it's normally when I come home from Europe or I've done a big ride, like you say, um, you know, and I, and I get home and I just want that steak and mm. like sausages and mm. like veggies on the, like on the barbecue. Mm. Um, and it's not that like it's super like gluttonous or something. It's but just, it's just more, what you love. It's the feel. Yeah. And like you eat the steak and like it kind of bookends it. Yeah. You know, like you have that satisfied feeling. All right, then. Best bike. This could be a hard one for you because you've got so many bikes. Yeah, the Scalpel at the moment. Um, Cannondale. Cannondale Scalpel. Uh, It's a dual suspension cross-country bike. Um, It's just so capable. Like, I can do big 100, 120K loops on it um, and, you know, mix of, like, absolutely everything from, like, pretty like gnarly for me anyway like mm. downhill stuff because it's got a dropper post and then you can also if you have to just bang out 20k's on the road and you don't have that like 
feeling like oh, I'm on a mountain bike. Yeah. You know. Um, and oh, it is flat bar. Yeah. Yeah, flat bar. And then the Evo, obviously. Um, just because, like, I, I I haven't had a road bike that I've enjoyed as much as the Evo. Um, Ever, I don't think, because it's so again so capable. You can put big tires on it. Um, you can win world tour races on it, and I bike pack on it. Like I put bags on there, um, put thirty fours in it, and you basically got a gravel bike. Like it would be hard to race gravel on it, I think, but um, you can ride a lot on it. That's the Cannondale Super Six Evo, and yeah, believe it or not. Every guy from our team, more or less, has said that bike, and we're not trying to say that endorsing the sponsor. No, not that we're. I wouldn't not, if I like I'd, if I didn't have to. There's other bikes I could say. Yeah, and I just actually really like it. Nice. Um, it's it is an incredible versatile bike. Yeah, yeah. I, I, what about outside Canada? I know we're doing three bikes now, but have you got any like? Yeah, um, I've had. I had a mosaic built. Mm. Uh, which is like a titanium frame, um, which I did the first thereabouts on. Mm. And it was, I had it built in like road geometry, but it could fit 34s on it. Mm. Um, and just being like a, a titanium bike and something I'd had built for myself, mm. um, it was really special. Do you have that still? I gave it to my dad. I uh, had it like refitted for him mm. for his 60th birthday. Mm. So he still rides it. Nice. Um, and yeah it, it, that just because it's the only bike I've ever just like built from the ground up mm. and they like, started from a sketch so nice. Nice. I like that because yeah. we all often sounds like pretty uh, what's the right word spoiled kid now but we always get bikes and it's a funny thing you want to build your own bike once yeah and like you take it for granted like we've got like I've got three bikes here like a scalpel um the evo and my topstone which i also love the topstone would like be right Mm. there um and but there's something about um like you don't appreciate it as much Mm. um as you did like when i used to get hand-me-down bikes from my brother you know like Mm. i remember gus having bikes i knew i was going to get and for like the last few months i would clean them for him for him yeah. just because I knew I was going to get it <laughs> you know um, so yeah there's something really nice about just choosing every little thing on there and, you know because we love to complain about shit like just that's our our nature <laughs> yeah. pro bike riders you know <laughs> yeah, pick the one bad thing seeing as we're talking about bikes and we're talking about bike packing I've yeah. got a couple extra questions here on Talking Luft today what's your 10 essential things to bring on a trip yeah what's down jacket down jacket um, with a hood with a hood nice Um, rain jacket that fits like you gotta get a big one yep um, that fits over the it keeps the down jacket dry basically almost the opposite thinking to what we have on the road exactly we want something fitting super tight so you can race in it now let's think opposite yeah big like I normally race an extra small one yeah but then for bikepacking I'll use a medium or a large so it fits over everything in ideally even over your helmet mm. <laughs> like the full cape um so it just keeps everything dry okay uh then undershirt like a merino undershirt yep um long sleeve and if you can get one with a long neck is quite nice nice um and dry bag dry bag nice. yeah That's uh, a good one. which you keep that in 
You keep all these things in the dry bag. You keep all the good stuff in the dry bag, don't you? Yeah. yeah. You, the good stuff that, like, when it gets really shit and you have to, like, fully strip off in the, in the, in the freezing storm to put on the dry stuff. Um, you'd be glad to have that dry bag. Um, and then you need spare tyre. Number five, nice. Um, more so for peace, peace of mind. mind. Yeah. yeah, okay. Like, I don't even know if I've ever used the spare tyre that I've taken. Touch wood. I'm doing a race this weekend. I bet I'll yeah. need it. Um, but it's just nice to know. Um, and I take usually three tubes, which is overkill. Hmm. But um, peace of mind peace again. Peace of mind. Um, and then you need uh, bacon strips, like the little plugs. If you're running if you're tubeless, tubeless, yep. Just because that's generally, it works like 90% of the time. Um, and it's an easy, quick fix. And you need CO2 to go with that. Well, we're running up now. I think that's seven or eight. You've got two things left. Yeah, the power bank. Power bank. Good um, one. A good power bank because there's so much stuff to charge. Like, once you start rolling on the road and you realise, like, i got to keep this Garmin charged, i got lights, <laughs> i got my phone, like... I need everything to be working because if one of those things doesn't work, the whole thing falls apart, right? Right. Um, so power bank. And then actually the last one is um, like a, a GPS tracker, which I've just oh. recently started using. So it's one that works. In case shit hits a fan and you can be found. Yeah, the absolute oh shit um, moment. So like it doesn't need phone reception um, and like I, I'd take it training now if I'm going by myself because oh. Rachel can like see where I am every 10 minutes oh right is that dual reason <laughs> dual reason yeah for safety um, and also to make sure you actually are going where you <laughs> said you were going yeah, yeah right um, and then well, yeah, I see it's what's got going the, on yeah. it's got the oh shit button <laughs> that like again I think the biggest like how big are these trackers they're tiny uh, Garmin makes like the little in reach one um, which I use, or there's like a spot tracker. Um, and they're, yeah, they're, they're easy to carry. And again, it's like it all, a lot of it comes down to peace of mind. Like a lot of the things that I've just said on that essential list, you never need all of them in one trip. You generally need like one of them. Mm. But the idea. But you of, never know which one. And the idea when you have them all, you feel really comfortable and then you can get like more epic. I think that's a good way to think of it. It's like when you're packing for these trips, it's like what's going to give you peace of mind. Exactly. And obviously can't go overkill with that, you know, put the slippers in and, you know. (laughs) The sink. The sink and a mini TV and all that stuff. You just sort of, yeah. All right, well, next question is one thing that you don't need that everyone thinks you do need. Um, Tent. Oh, yeah, right. Um. Big family tent, big too family big to carry tent. with the wooden poles <laughs> yeah. and that. This actually spawns from like dad always thinks you need a tent. Yeah. And just because it's like we're camping. Yeah. Um, and then I finally bought him like a nice bivy that has a few poles. The bivvies are hot. I got too hot in my bivy last time. I had to take the hood off. I was yeah. like, I'm sweating in this thing. Yeah. And if you, but if you get the good one that like it gives you a bit of air in there mm. and they're tiny. And he slept in one of those and was like, oh, okay, I get it. Mm. Um, Whereas before that, he just refused to relent. <laughs> so, like, you'd have so much shit every time you went A little trailer and everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's the... Nice. Yeah. All right, the last question. Quarantine revelation. What was something that you got out of that lockdown period that everyone went through in all sort of... Well, Australia's still going through it. Um, 
Yeah, I was I, I was pretty lucky in that I was in Colorado with my family. Um, and I kind of made the decision early on that I was going to try and make the most of the whole situation because hopefully Touchwood will never mm. be stuck at home for like three months again. Yeah. Um, but I think what I took out of it was that... Um, you don't need as much as you think to be happy. Mm. Um, so like the idea of going out for dinner a lot and I don't know, just like things that you just do kind of, you end up doing it out of habit. Um, and ultimately it's just ways you spend your money that don't necessarily contribute like directly to your happiness. And then it just means you've got to work more. Mm. Like you feel like you kind of got to keep up this lifestyle mm. And so then it puts pressure on, like, this idea of working more, making more money. Um, when the reality is, like, you can cut things way back. Mm. And, like, you know, like, even we took, like, a big uh, 50% pay cut almost. Mm. And initially it's like, oh, no. But then, like, we'd cut our lifestyles back so much already. You just it, adjust it wasn't it. A, You just adjust everything, right? Um because when that money comes back in at the end of the year, <laughs> <aren't it? laughs> yeah, exactly. When we realised that was just a big joke, yeah. it was in like a big super it's savings been in this account. Yeah, I know they've got great interest on that. <laughs> yeah, uh, and the other one was like just spending time with my parents. Yeah, um, and how I need to make a lot more time for that, um, just because yeah, they're getting older and it's fun. It's great, man. Like yeah. you realise that. You get. I feel like you go through stages with your parents where, like, obviously when you're a kid, you love them to bits, and then you start to like realize that they have flaws, and you start to like resent them a second, and then you get to a stage when you realize you're like, well, I'm basically you. Mm. You know what I mean? Like everything. Scary. Yeah, it's wild. Um, you're like, oh my god. You're like, oh, you guys like are the best friends man. I could have. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was that's what I took out of it. Awesome, mate. Thanks very much for coming on Talking Loft. No worries, man. <laughs> Well, there we have it. I hope you enjoyed it. It's pretty easy to chat to Lockie and I really do love picking his brain about his adventures he has. I've got to get him back on the pod because he's got a million stories to tell about some of those epic adventures he's had over the last year or couple years. Plus, the stuff he does that you don't see, the adventures he does on his own. I want to tag on along with him one day too. So, coming up on the pod, I hope this year I'm going to get Lockie to talk about GB Juro, Colorado Trail and all these other little adventures he's done too. Coming up next week on the podcast, I'm going to have the tables turned on me and Lionel Burney and Richard Moore are going to talk to me about what's been going on in the Tour de France for the first two weeks. So send in your questions as well. I'll have a shot at answering any of them, anything you want to know, whether it's the tour related, life in the peloton, talking luft, whatever you want to do, this is your chance to ask me the questions. So until then, guys, I hope you're enjoying it. Cheers. Cheers.